Hallelujah. How's everybody doing? Go ahead and make our way in, and we'll sit down, and we're, we're starting to, to get back. I know there was some people that had been out because they had been sick. They was quarantining themselves away. You know how the world is right now. We have to do that. And uh, did y'all see there's another storm in the Gulf? Can, can, we, can we just get a pass? Yeah, I, I talked to my son in New Orleans where Chalmette the other day, and I said, man, you, you got to pay attention to these storms. I said, it's kind of odd, though. It looks like New Orleans got a force field built around it right now, you know. And he says, yeah, until the board come and disarm it. You know, we're Star Trek fans, so if you're not a Star Trek fan, that went right over your head. But that's okay. Uh, yeah, so there, there's another one out there, and it looks like it wants to. I told my buddy last night, I said, man, it looks like he's trying to make a beeline to Marksville. Look, you see that angle they're showing? I'm like, we don't need no rain. We're good. We're good. We can get past all this. So, but hey, it is good to see everybody. Hopefully, you grab one of the bulletins. Uh, got some some interesting things, and uh, then I'm gonna tell you about some more interesting things. So I, I I put this thing in there about no shortcuts from a friend of mine, Stephen Samuel, over in Beaumont, and um, realized that it's so hard to see. So I'm gonna read it to you. May have to get my glasses or or my 12-inch iPad. I don't know. <laughs> You may, hopefully you may hopefully believe a single powerful moment with God will change your life, but it will take thousands of daily moments with him to change your character. Oh, I was like, that's good. That's good. Because you know what happens a lot of times is we let God change our life, and we go back to doing what we did before, and, and you know, yeah. So it says, the pursuit of momentary experience will only yield an emotionally driven faith. Ooh, we got to be rooted and grounded. But the disciple of encountering, this discipline of encountering Jesus day after day will produce a strong, life-giving faith. It takes time to cultivate a deep-rooted, healthy faith. There is no shortcuts. No shortcuts. No shortcuts. We have to study the Word. We have to, to pray. We have to spend time worshiping and loving on Him. It, it's not like you go and get the... Uh, cliff notes <laughs> you know I had a teacher in high school number one she was a doctor teaching freshman English which was just yeah yeah um, and what she would do is she would read the cliff notes and write the tests so that nothing was in the cliff notes but what she would do is she would put answers down there sometimes that were specifically from the cliff notes so she could tell if you were doing it or not so she could bust you she was just yeah that's how she was but uh there's no, there's no such thing as, as shortcuts when we're, when we're dealing with, with growth, right? Slow growth is a much healthier way than all of a sudden I'm here to there and you didn't deal with the issues along the way. Uh, hey, let's look at our, our memory verse also, Matthew 5, 16. Let your light shine before men that you may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Does that mean we're supposed to be prideful and go out and show off everything we're doing? No, that means we're supposed to go out and be the light of Christ everywhere we go. We're supposed to go out and, and be the love of Christ, not just talk about it, you know. People know you care when you do stuff, right? So, all right. Whew. September 28th through October 2nd, we're going to have prayer those nights. That's the week prior to Revival Weekend. We're going to have prayer that each night. Uh, I'll let you know the times. We're, we're working on that right now. But uh, we're going to have prayer every night, working our way up to Revival Weekend. Uh, if you look in your announcement slide, pop that thing up there. I have just uh, confirmed that I will have Tommy and Jeannie Tinney here for Revival Weekend. 
Some of you are like, I have no idea who that is. Remember the movie Hadassah, One Night with the King? That was his book that they made into the movie. Uh, God Chasers. He's, he's written numerous books, um, traveled the world, ministering for many years, and they live in Pineville. I didn't realize that. Uh, you know, so I contacted him, and so they're going to come in and minister for uh, Revival Weekend. That's Saturday at 5 and again on Sunday. Listen, don't come Sunday thinking you're going to get what we got on Saturday. It's two different services, two totally different times. So start inviting friends now. It's at 5 o'clock. Why 5? So that if we have a three-hour service, that means it's 8. We still get to go eat, and you can still go home and get in, in bed before, you know, your bedtime. Um, just making sure. So, you know, make sure you invite some people now because, you know, this is a, a great opportunity to have a, a great man and woman of God. Uh, I don't know if she's going to minister from piano, but I know the last time I saw them, uh, man, she got up there with the piano and just flows. And he starts ministering and flows. And, man, I'm going to tell you what, it, it'll clean you. It'll get you, it'll get you straight with some things. Uh, so we're going to have a good time. But just make sure you, you tell some people. Tell them, hey, it's Saturday. Come to church. Right? And, and what that is is the first Saturday of October. Remember? The first Saturday, even if it's not on the first. It's the first Saturday of October. That's our revival weekend. So we, we do that every month now. So, whew, there's a lot going on. And people are going back to school. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen from the parents? The ones not clapping must be virtual learners. Yes. And so when they go back to school next year, the teacher can blame you for their attitude and their lack of learning, right? You can't blame the teacher anymore? Yeah, I know. Just pick it. So, oh, it's good to have our, our students back in school because you know what? There's a lot of things that they can get behind a computer, but there's even more they get from face-to-face. Their social skills and, and knowing how to deal with life when mom and daddy's not holding their hand, right? You know, they, they have to learn to deal with things. And uh, we have a bunch of people today that don't seem to know how to deal with anything other than just fighting and destroying things. So, um, anyways, hallelujah. Let's move past that. Okay. So, <laughs> I'll start preaching on that. Listen, as a youth pastor, I worked into the school's over in Eunice for seven years. I was in the school every day and, and saw those students. But one thing I know about Eunice is they still whipped students. Yes. I saw a senior linebacker get whipped one time. Not in Eunice. This was in uh, uh, Texas. I'm trying to remember the name of the school. I was over there as a recruiter in the Navy, and the principal who was the head coach it was the ABD school. Uh, Mr. Recruiter, can you come witness this? I said, sure, man. There's this big old dude. Bend over. Fuck. He he got out of line. I was like, Jesus, man. <laughs> That'll correct you real fast, especially as a senior, <laughs> that big old boy. So hey, a little bit of whipping don't hurt nobody. You know what I learned being in the Navy is it takes a little bitty piece of wood from the rear end to turn a mighty ship. Sometimes the leather belt does the same thing. So, all right, I'm going to stop meddling. Anyways. So I'm just having fun. I'm excited to be in the house of God today. I'm excited about, about what God has been doing. Even though we've been kind of scattered out, I'm excited because God is, listen, man, the, the church is rising up in a way that we haven't seen in a long time. I love what I'm seeing in California, even though I'm, I, I hate it at the same time, right? How they're trying to stop this church from meeting. The guy's like, send me to jail. We're not going to stop. Then the other ones are having church out on the beaches because it's illegal to meet and have a Bible study in, in uh California, so they go out there and have church. People are coming up, getting saved, and they're baptizing them in the ocean. It, you know what? When, when we have a little bit of persecution, it pushes us outside the doors. And, you know, I hate persecution, but maybe it's needful. So 
Somebody told me the other day they can't wait till we get back to normal. I said, I didn't go through all this just to go back to the way I was. <laughs> I don't want to be that way anymore. Amen. So listen, I want us to, to, to pray this morning, and uh, we have our uh, offering slide we can put up there. I'm, man, I can't have church without an offering. God, I'm, I'm ready to move on. I'm telling you. It's, it's been a weird year. <laughs> Hallelujah. I told somebody the other day I forgot because I slept and it's 2020, so I have no idea anymore. You know, I'm just trying to get my mind right. But, but we have our offering trays outside. And, and listen, I just want to say thank you to everyone that's continued to give, to continue to, to, to tithe and offerings here at the church because, you know, the Word of God teaches us to do that. And as my pastor always told me, I make my living on my giving. I can't outgive God. Can't outgive God. And you know what? If, if you're here today and you say, well, pastor, I don't have anything to give, well, we need to pray for you. We need to pray for you. And it's in those moments where you grab a hold of your wallet, grab a hold of your checkbook, and you say, God, your word says, and you start speaking to it. You start speaking to it. I've, I've done that before where the bank account said negative, but yet I had already given my tithes that month, and then I'm down now to nothing. It's like, God, your word says, I'm a tither. Even if I can't pay my bills, I tithe. And that was the way God had given us to do. And, and you know what? He began to bless us. He began to do that. So, you know what? Let's, let's continue to pray his word. Like we talked about that Wednesday. See, if you weren't here Wednesday, you missed it. You got to go back and watch it. We talked about being effective prayer. So we need to pray his word. Amen. We need to pray his word over our life, over our family, over our finances, over our job, all of those things. So let's pray this morning, and we're going to bless the offering. And again, after service, you can put them into the, the trays, or you can go online to New Life AG. Dot church, and there's a little thing that says giving right there. So we're going to pray, and we're going to do some worship. Anybody ready to worship this morning? I'm ready to worship this morning, so let's, let's pray. Come on. Father, we are so humbled by your presence and so thankful for all that you have done for us. Lord, I pray that you would just have your way in this place today. Lord, right now I ask that you would receive these gifts, these offerings and tithes as we bring them to you, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that we do not have room enough to receive. Lord, I know you're not pouring it out just so we can have massive bank accounts. You have a purpose in everything that you do. So Lord, let us understand your purpose as you bless us financially and physically and in any other way, what it is you're trying to bring to us so that you can get it through us. Lord, I pray you would bless this time that we have together here today and Lord, just accept this worship. Release your spirit into this place. Holy Spirit, have your way here today. You know our only agenda is to, to love you and to glorify you and to make you happy today. We want to see you smile down upon us. So have your way in this place, in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand up, and I'm going to come get my ears on. Hallelujah. One day I'll have wireless ears, I guess. I don't know. One day I won't have to put my ears on at all. Y'all didn't catch that, but the others did. Hey, do we have an amazing worship team or what? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. So just so you understand, we have flags up here in the front. We have different things up here. And if you feel like you want to worship with a flag and you want to come up front and do that, Every week, I, I fog the building after they clean it and all. We, if you touch one of the flags, leave it on the chair, and what it'll do is we'll disinfect every bit of it so that the next person that gets it still has a safe flag. Amen? So we want you to feel comfortable when you, when you worship here. 
And uh, if you're going to go to the restroom, whatever, just put your mask on when you go. Somebody will clean behind you. We're doing everything we can, amen? We're doing more than most. So I want you to feel free to worship and love on Jesus today. In Jesus' name, amen. There is an ocean deeper than 
give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus.
We cry out to you, O oh God. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. You are worthy.
We're going to do one more song today. If you need prayer for anything, I want you to come up and we're going to pray for you. If you have a need this morning, just come find a place at the altar.
Oh God, Jesus, oh, your presence, oh God, your presence, oh God, Holy Spirit, come on. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, come flood this place and fill the atmosphere, your glory. Is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Your presence. Your presence. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory. One more time. Come on. Jesus. Let us more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. 
Raise your hands this morning. Tell him, I need you. I need you. I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you in my life more today than yesterday. I need you. Holy Spirit, you know exactly what I need today, and I need you to be every bit of that. And anything in my life that would stop you from filling those areas, I repent of them right now. And I pray that you would convict me of those areas. And through your power and your grace and mercy, let them be removed. Let them be removed. In Jesus' name. Is that what you want this morning? Come on, tell them that's what I want. I want that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. We need you, Jesus. Can't do it without you, Jesus. Oh. Have you waited a day? I've been preaching about being Pentecostal and, and one of the things about being Pentecostal is yielding to the Spirit and saying, God, I've got to have more of it. Do what you need to do today, Holy Spirit. And understanding that we need Him. That we need Him. Mm. Shh, just flood this place. Let the rivers flow right now. You know, we've been praying about the services and what God's been doing. And, and the other day, uh, Jose sent me a, a word and that the Lord was speaking to him. And you know what? I, I just think it's a great time to, to, to release that so that you will understand. We've been digging deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. We sang about wells today. We get deeper. And, and you're going to say it, right? Am I saying it? Oh, oh, get up here and release it. And we've been digging wells and, and, and praying for more and more and more. And there was a picture that, that God showed him that was just amazing. So, The Lord showed me with wells. And he showed me that there's a well and there's a water on top of it. And the Lord is saying, we think, all the people think, that our wells are still deep and full of water. But some of them are not. The enemy has filled them up with dirt. That way the water won't flow and you won't get touched with this water. But he the enemy intimidates by putting a little bit of water on top. And you still think your what your well is full. He said it's not. So you need to start digging, getting the dirt out, digging, and getting to the water in the well. 
Amen. You see, what happens with that is, is when, when the enemy comes and trials come, you don't have enough water to make it through. So we've always got to make sure our wells are clean. And we say, God, anything that I'm putting in that well, anything I'm allowing the enemy to put in that well or that I'm not even noticing, remove it. Remove the impurities in my life so that I know my well is deep so that when famine comes and when drought comes, I know my well will continually produce because he puts us by streams that never run dry. But with things that we do in our lives, we put dams in the way and we put rubble in the way that reduces the flow. We try to, the enemy tries to choke out the very life-giving water that God is putting to you. Amen. Come on, y'all give him a clap of praise this morning. He is worthy. He is worthy. Come on, give somebody a spiritual high five too so you can't go love on them like we want to. Isn't that the craziest thing? But I understand. I'm being good. Being okay, I guess. I don't know if I'm being good. Oh, I want to talk to you about, of course, being Pentecostal. I don't know if this will be the last one. We'll see. I have no idea. You don't put that title up there. Hallelujah. Being Pentecostal. One of, we've been talking about the different facets of, of being Pentecostal other than what we traditionally say is what? You know, you, you tell somebody you're Pentecostal and what they say? Oh, you speak in tongues. Yeah, but there's so much more than that. There's so much more than that. I'm not focusing on, on speaking in tongues. I'm not belittling that or taking away its importance. But today I want us to talk about being radical. Pentecostal, and I'm not talking about a certain denomination. I'm talking about a people group. You know, the apostles were all Pentecostal. They were not Baptist. They were not Catholic. They were not Presbyterian, Church of God, Church of God in Christ, or Nazarene. I, I don't know. I'm, I name them all. That does not mean we're as good as they are. I'm just saying they're Pentecostal because of the fact that they fully embraced the Pentecost. They fully embraced what God did at Pentecost. Pentecost was Acts 2 and 4. The Spirit was released. They fully embraced it, and they walked in it. What happens with us is, is we allow theology to come in and tell us, oh, well, well that scripture means this, it means this, means this. Let, let me tell you. The scripture means what the scripture means. And what was there yesterday, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his word shall not pass away. And unless the word specifically says that this has ceased, then why should we not ask for it? Right? It should be there. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to take a, a quick journey. I've got them on the screen for you. I want us to look first way back into Joel, you can put that up there, because of the fact that, that Joel is where it was prophesied about the outpouring of the Spirit, right? Through the Old Testament, we, we see the fact that, that God would anoint people with special gifts, right? The anointing to do, he would anoint them as a prophet, or, you know, we have Samson, we have all the different, the different ways that he would anoint them. But he was not able, because of sin, to commune with them all the time, but his wish was always that his spirit would dwell with man. That's why the cross came, so that he could pull down and he could come out and he could release his spirit. So here in Joel chapter 2, 28 through 32, I'm going to read it. 
And afterward I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. Okay, so just kind of a thing right here. Old men shall dream dreams, young men shall see visions. That doesn't mean you're old if all you do is dream. And doesn't mean you're young if you're seeing visions. Just kind of joking, but I'm just trying to make you understand. You're trying to lighten you up a little bit this morning. Okay, go to the next one, 29. Even upon the men servants and upon the maid servants in those days will I pour out my spirit. Can I tell you right here, that's the only scripture I need to see to the fact that women can preach and be in leadership in the church. Why would God pour out his spirit on somebody that can't do anything? I know there's people that do not agree that women can preach, but you know what? I see a woman judge in the Old Testament, and I even see an area where there was a woman. She was called a deacon. She read the letters that one of the apostles gave her. And according to the, uh, the theologians and the Jewish tradition, not Jewish tradition, but the, the Christian tradition from the early church, is that only a person in leadership could carry the letter to the next place and read it. So, okay, enough of all that. I will pour out my spirit. Go to the next one, please, sir. And I will show signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. It's going to be a crazy time. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. Now that is the end time right there. And there's one more verse. And whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered and saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be those who escape as the Lord has said. And among the remnant of survivors shall be those whom the Lord calls. There's the whole prophecy. Now we're going to jump forward. We're going to jump forward over to the book of Acts. I, I told him the other day that I saw a uh, shirt one time, and it was, it was the devil with some, some bumps on his head, and it was Jesus standing there, and it says the, uh, Jesus beat the devil over the head with a two-by-four, Acts 2 and 4. It was a huge shirt. Older people wouldn't laugh. If you don't laugh at that, that means, you, never mind. Okay, Acts 2 and 4. And they were all filled, diffused throughout their souls with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other different foreign languages and tongues as the Spirit kept giving them clear and loud expression in each tongue and an appropriate word. Was that a quiet moment? Now, we talked about this the other day that it was probably a very weird moment that a lot of us church people would have just ran right out the door. That's not God. Right? Well, we would. But God told them to wait. He said, stay in Jerusalem until the promise comes, which was Joel. And we see that it has now come, and that would have freaked a lot of us out. But can I tell you, I don't think it freaked them out because they had already saw some pretty crazy things. They saw the guy walk on water. They saw him speak to a storm. They saw legion cast out. Demons, thousands of demons cast out. They saw the blind Eyes open. They saw the lame walk. They saw the dead raise to life. This was just something else along the way. Because, you know, the word even, the Bible even says that, that if everything Jesus had done had been written down, the world couldn't contain him. So there was still way more going on than, than we even have a record of at this point. So this was a crazy time. I, I don't believe it was quiet because of the way it's written, and it was not something that a lot of us would have probably been like, I want that too. We would have probably been like, what? And just freaked out. So, all right, next slide, please. Now there were the then residing in Jerusalem Jews, devout and God-fearing men from every country under heaven. 
And when this sound was heard, the multitude came together, and they were astonished and bewildered because each one heard their, them, the apostles, speaking in his own particular dialect. Well, hold on. So we see right here that there was a great sound. Again, this was not quiet. It was loud enough that people in a house, with all the crowds that were there, because it was the Pentecost season, there was people there, right? They heard over the noise. Now, just imagine a festival in Louisiana. I don't know about y'all, but I grew up in Crowley, where we used to have a million people a year show up through the Crowley Rice Festival over four days. It was ridiculous. Just saying. It was ridiculous. They shut down half our town because of that thing. And it was noisy. And even still to this day, when it becomes Rice Festival, I still live too close. And it's an hour and a half south. I don't want to be anywhere around it because it's just ridiculous. This would have, just imagine a festival and, and this happened and it was louder than the festival. Just picture that. Okay, go to the next one. And they were beside themselves with amazement saying, are not all those who are talking Galileans? These were uneducated people. Go ahead. Then how is it that we hear each of us in our own particular dialect to which we were born? See, Galileans spoke a different language. Here they are speaking. Go ahead. Parthians and Medes and Elamites and inhabitants of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus, whew, and the province of Asia. Keep going. Pergia and Papilia, Egypt and the parts of Libya about Cyrene and the transient residents from Rome, both Jews and the proselytes to Judea from other religions. Keep going. I'm going to show you this picture. Cretans and Arab Arabians too. We all hear them speaking in our own native tongues and telling of the mighty works of God. And we can barely understand each other sometimes. And if you're not from Louisiana, or I'm sorry, if you're not from South Louisiana, this part south, you speak to somebody from Shreveport, they're like, can you give me an interpreter? I, I know my wife tells me over at the district office sometimes they'll have people from home call up to the office and talk to somebody from Shreveport, and they're like, Wendy, I can't understand a word that person's saying. <laughs> so, all right, keep going. And all were beside themselves with amazement and were puzzled and bewildered, saying one to another, what can this mean? Keep going. But others made a joke of it and der that's an interesting word. Derives vice, get yeah, whatever. They are simply drunk and full of sweet, intoxicating wine. They thought they were drunk. So does that mean that they were prim and proper and setting down or were they just kind of a little different? A little different. Yeah. Keep going. That is an interesting word. I want to go look that one up. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice. Now remember, who is Peter? The one that denied him? The one that cut the guy's ear off? He was the loud, obnoxious one, probably. <laughs> huh? Ah. Uh. Okay, raised his voice and addressed him, you Jews and all you residents of Ju Jerusalem, look at this. Let it be explained to you so that you will know and understand. Listen closely to what I have to say. Okay, you can stop it right there. See, this is the guy that's now standing up there fixing to preach. Now, I'm not going to go in all of it. I, I got it in there, Micah. But, uh, and basically what he does is, is he goes back over the prophecy of Joel, and this is what you're seeing. It's like another uh, six or seven verses. So for time's sake, I won't go into that part, but it's Joel. He was confirming this was that. This was that. And it was a loud time. Jump down to the next one, Acts 5, 12, and 16. Yeah, I know I'm messing with you up there, but you're doing good. 
Now look at this, Acts chapter 5. I just want to show you this part before we move on. Now by the hands of the apostles, the special messengers, numerous and startling signs and wonders were being performed among the people. And by common consent, they all met together at the temple in the covered porch walk called Solomon's. Uh, hold on. No, yeah. By the hands of the apostles, the special messengers, numerous and startling signs and wonders were being performed among the people. Is that for then, or is that still possible now? See, this is the question you have to answer yourself if you want to call yourself a true Pentecostal, saying, I believe and I accept the fullness of what God was pouring out, and I believe it's for today. That's really the question. When you look at the, the theologians and the different denominations, some believe that that is done away with. That is gone. No more are we going to see the signs and wonders. No more are we going to see people speaking in tongues. No more are we going to have all of that. You were given the Holy Spirit when you were saved, and that's all you're going to get. That's what they believe. I don't believe that. I don't think you do either because we're an Assemblies of God Pentecostal church. You know the Nazarene church used to be called the Pentecostals of the Nazarene? Yeah. Eventually they just shortened it to the Nazarene church. You see, this is the whole question. Are you willing to accept it today? And that's kind of when you, when you look back through the history of the, the Pentecostal movement, it was, what, early 1900s when it was in um, a Methodist Bible school that, that the teacher was teaching out of Acts 2 and 4, and it was a young lady that asked a question to her instructor and said, uh, can we still be baptized with the Spirit today? And they prayed for her, and she started speaking in tongues. In a Methodist Bible college. Not too long after that, it began to spread over the country. Then we see we're down in Houston now, and a young man by the name of Seymour, an African-American, was in a college down in Houston, and he had to sit outside the door because of the ridiculous laws at the time. And you know what happened? He got filled with the Holy Spirit, too. Then he travels out west. And a revival starts, better known as Azusa Street. Azusa Street. Where the Spirit of God would move into that place, it was an old stable where it smelled like manure, and once the anointing and the presence of God came in, it, it smelled sweet. Go study the history. It's an amazing history. The funny part was, is him and his instructor had a disagreement, so his instructor came over to see he padlocked his instructor out of the building. In the end, after the, at the end of the revival, the city padlocked him out of the building. I just always thought that was kind of an interesting picture. You see, it, the, the move has been going on in places where you've got educated people, but they don't want religion. They want everything. Sometimes religion will bring us to a place we don't want to be. Because it clouds our mind with the ability to truly understand what God is doing. Yes, I want to understand the scriptures so I'm not falling into error. But nowhere in those scriptures do I find it says, tongues have ceased. I'm not pouring out my spirit anymore. Right? That would also mean if we're going to go with the mentality that the world has, then salvation is done too when the book was complete. Then you have no chance. We're in here worshiping a piece of wood that looks really nice. Tootie made it. That's right. If we have that mentality, because it doesn't say salvation stopped. It said salvation was to the end of the world. He said he's going to pour out on all his manservants and maidservants. He didn't give it a time frame. 
So we've got to settle this. Do we believe it's today? Yeah, but only certain parts. Now, see, no, either you believe it or you're restricting it. To, to be truly Pentecostal, as in the book of Acts, means I accept every bit of it. Now, it all has to line up with the word. Do we see this lining up with the word? Yes, we do. Let's keep going. You go to the next one. And none of those who were not of their number dared to join and associate with them, but the people held them in high regard and praised and made much of them. See, this is the early church where they were still praising them. Persecution hadn't come yet. They didn't hate them just yet. Go to the next one. Is it verse 14? Yeah. Okay. More and more they were being added to the Lord. Those who believed, those who acknowledged Jesus as their Savior and devoted themselves to him, joined and gathered with him crowds both men and of women. See, when they were allowing the power to move and the gifts of the Spirit to move, look what happened. You want to know why the church hasn't been effective in reaching the lost? Because we're not allowing the Spirit of God to move through us. We're trying to save men by, hey, man, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me, we're, we're trying to be salesmen. I tell you, I, I've been a salesman. I've been a psychological salesman as a recruiter in the military. I could get you nodding your head like this pretty quickly, getting into your head. But can I tell you that that's not salvation? Salvation is in the heart. And only the Spirit of God can draw a man or a woman. You can't tell them enough that tells they want to get saved. You can deal with their emotions. You see, and that's what we've done. And if we will allow the power of God to flow, we won't have emotional altar calls. We'll have Holy Ghost uh, altar calls, and he'll deal with their mind, will, and emotions. He'll deal with all of it. Let's go to the next one because I want to show you this. So that they even kept carrying out the sick into the streets. This is the people of the community, placing them on couches and sleeping pads in the hope that Peter passed by and at least his shadow might fall on some of them. Were they in a church? I'm going to meddle for just a minute. Start digging. They were on the street. So why do we think the only place the Holy Spirit can flow is in the building, right? I think he only flows right here. I really do. You know, or, or maybe it's right here and right there because that's where people always, yeah. We have this mindset. All right, I need to move on. I don't want to keep going to the next one. And the people gathered also from the towns and hamlets around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those troubled with foul spirits. But we don't want to deal with foul spirits because people don't want to come up. You know why people don't want to come up for prayer when, when they're dealing with something like that? Because that spirit's going to embarrass them. So they would prefer to live with embarrassment or well, not being embarrassed, kind of like a book I read years ago called Pigs in the Parlor. If you've never read that book, you need to get it. Millions and millions of copies, reprinted tons and tons of time. And you know one thing, the, the, the title of the book is, is Pigs in the Parlor, and it says that we would rather clean up the mess after a pig lived in our living room than kick him out. That's the premise of the book, Parlor, Living Room. We don't want people to see him when he gets kicked out because I can't look at sister so-and-so, man. I thought she was just a holy roller. She got, guys, can I tell you it don't matter? Listen, my end goal is to make it to heaven. And if he's got to embarrass me a few times along the way to get rid of some junk, bring it on. Because I would prefer to get there and be humbled than to miss it. 
and still look good. I might have my shirt tucked into the right place and the right suit and all that, but I still may be a mess. A mess. And that's why I talked about earlier about character. Character is so important. So important to a believer. It should never be said about a believer. That guy's a liar. Let me prove it to you. Now, they may say it about you trying to ridicule you, but it should never be true. Why? Because that should not even be on our lips. We cannot be a liar. We cannot be a thief. We can None of those things because we've been set free from them. All right, let me keep going. Keep going out. Next verse. Oh, that was the last one. Why do I have one more? No, I didn't. Yep. What, what I wanted you to see was that through the power of God, there was movement going on, and people were being changed and set free. Being Pentecostal is kind of radical. Let's just call it radical. Radical. I, I got some, some things up there I just want to talk to you about really quickly. Go ahead and put that up there. Pentecostals are being radical. Put number one. Pentecostal people are people of passion and purpose. Now, I didn't write all of these. Somebody sent them to me about their sermon. I'm like, bro, that fits exactly where I'm going today. And I just reworded them a little bit because he was really long-winded. But pastor friend of mine, it's really interesting. He titled his and has a different verse, and he's talking about the same thing. And it's, we, we do that a lot. So we, I share my stuff with him, and it's, oh, I didn't even think about that scripture. That's a good one. i got to put it in there. Passion and purpose. Do you look like you have purpose today? Yeah? Some of us do. Do we have any passion? Go to the next one. Watch this. They're strange, loud, and crazy. <laughs> Come on. Listen, you can't. Man, I, mean, I got I to have this when I do this. You can't believe this and the world not call you crazy. You serve a God that was born of a virgin. Come on. He walked on water. You serve a God that departed the Red Sea. I've been through the Red Sea a couple times on an aircraft carrier. It's kind of big. You, you follow a God and you say, I believe that he raised the dead. He healed the blind. He created eyes in a guy that had been blind from birth. He healed his ears. He raised the dead after he stinketh. You're a little crazy. You're a little crazy. Then they beat him. They crucified him. And he forgave them on the cross. Now, I can tell you, I probably would not have forgiven them, <laughs> just being honest. Okay? Without, of the fruit, without the fruits of the Spirit, I wouldn't forgive you when you cut me off or you drive 25 miles an hour through this area right here. So you're a little crazy already. Why not just go all the way and say, man, bring it on? Normal is sitting in a club and in a bar and going to hell and just letting life run its course. Crazy is, is I'm going to believe in something bigger. I'm going to believe in a guy that's, he died. Yeah, but somebody stole his body. That's what you think. <laughs> you see, we're already a little crazy. So just go all the way. Go all the way. Go ahead. Do the next one. Watch this. Tired of the same old, same old religious system. Can I tell you, I wasn't brought up in a religious system. That's why it bothers me so much. Because what I see is, is some good parts and some bad parts. But I see a lot of people that are never taught about there's more. 
They're never told there's any more. They're never told that, you know what, if you just get hungry for God and get on your knees a little while, he's going to do something. And what do you mean i got to get on my knees and be hungry about something? Listen, I've experienced some things with God that just blows my mind. Blows my mind. You know why I want more? It's because I've experienced some things with God that blew my mind. Why would I want to sit down? That's kind of weird. Why would I want to sit down and do nothing? Right? Why would I ever want to become comfortable when tomorrow I might see a dead man rise up? Tomorrow I might see somebody that's been dealing with depression their entire life completely delivered instantly. I might see this person that you've been praying for for 40 years, alcoholic, drug addict, whatever you want to call it, come up to you and bawling and say, I've got to know this Jesus that you know. Come on. I'm talking about this religious system. Oh, guess what? It was the religious system that crucified Jesus. It was the religious leaders. I'm not downing denominations. You understand my heart behind that. I don't down denominations. What I'm saying is, is we get into the system and we get lost sometimes. Kind of just like our school system, we get lost sometimes. You know, as a recruiter in the military, I, I learned about this person in the, in the Texas school system called the diagnostician. I didn't know what that was. Well, it's a counselor. But they deal with the special education students. Why I got to go get a transcript from a kid that just scored like a 70 on the ASVAB from a special ed person because they put that kid into the system and back in the seventh grade they said you know what this kid's never going to pass our test so we need to put him in here now so that he won't count later parents never knew it he was in the system just kind of they would let him float through give him special grades and everything this kid was smart i tested kids that were 4.0 in private schools that couldn't hit a 30 <laughs> you know you can hold c all the way through the test and get a 32 i've done it I, just to see you see, we get lost in the system. Go ahead and move on to the next one. I'm going to get stuck right there. Understanding the importance of the hour. Why do Pentecostals understand the importance of the hour? Because when you allow the Holy Spirit to get inside of you and start moving, he starts kicking every now and then saying, hey, you got to get up. It's getting short. Come on. You see, when you allow the Holy Spirit to move through you, you can't help but getting a nudge every now and then. Stop that. Pop you upside the head. Don't you look at that. Close them eyes. Turn that TV. Or the Holy Spirit will start, la, 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 la. What? Oh, yeah, I don't need to listen to that. Right? But we understand the importance of the hour. The time is getting short. Yeah, Pastor, they've been saying that for 2,000 years. That's okay. We're 2,000 years closer. I don't care. I know this, what I read in the Word of God and what I see going on in our world, it's definitely getting closer. But either way, if I don't see the end in my lifetime, you know what will happen? I want to be prepared no matter what because I would prefer to die prepared than to live and miss it. I want to know what's going on. I want to be tied in with the Spirit of God. Go ahead and pop up the next one here for me. It's not about fame, it's about Him. So many times we want to dance, we want to shout, we want so people can see us. Listen, I don't ever dance and shout so you can see me. When I dance behind that piano, it's just because I want to dance. 
That piano gets in my way sometimes because I got to play. You should see the things fall off my piano in practice. <laughs> I got all kind of stuff back there behind there so it won't fall. I'm going to have to do something with that floor because it bounces too much. Listen, it's never about me being up here, about being up there. It, it's, it's not about people seeing me. It's about the fact I want to be used by God. And guess what? In this season, this is where he has me. When we think about, well, well, I can go and do this, 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 and, and the Lord would use me here and there, you know, it, it starts getting in our minds, and we have to be careful. Go ahead, throw up the next one for me. Don't run from the scars of their past because they know God will use them. Ooh, this is a tough one. A lot of times we want to disqualify ourselves because of the scars of our past. But you know what I read in the Word? They overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their scars <laughs> that God brought them through. God uses everything for the good to those that love him. See, those things you've had in your past, use them. Let me tell you about my God. He set me free from this. Let me tell you about God that delivered me from this. Let me tell you about God that, that I did this and this and he forgave me anyways. Is it to go out and, and glorify what the devil did? No. But it's about the fact that we've got to allow God to move through us because we need people to see God moving in our lives. Put that other scripture up there for me this morning. Acts 17, 6 and 7. Look at this. But when they failed to find him, they dragged Jason, some of the brethren, before the city authorities, crying, These men who had turned the world upside down have come here also. This is allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through your life. People might call you crazy because you turned a whole city upside down. Disrupt an entire religious system. Now, again, I'm not talking about going into the denominational church and putting Nicobot on the wall and all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about getting out there in the community and allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to flow through you and say, God, today I want to see people saved. I want to see people changed. I want to see people healed for your glory. What do I need to do? I need to go back and pray another hour. Got to turn the TV off. <laughs> what, what if God said right now you can't watch any football? Honestly, you know what I'd tell him? That's it? Praise God. <laughs> Honestly, about the only football I watch now is just a quick couple-minute highlight on a game. That's about it, and I'm really not even interested in that. I have enjoyed going back and watching on YouTube the 13 to 15-minute videos of LSU just whooping up on everybody last year. But I'm just going to have to live with that, I guess, especially the Alabama game. I really love that one. <laughs> if you're an Alabama fan, I'm sorry. We're going to pray you through. So just saying. They turn the world upside down. Guys, we've got to turn our city upside down. I'm not even talking about the world. I'm talking about our city. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit of God to flow through us to the point that we're out in the community and we can sense through the Spirit of God that somebody's struggling with something and we can just come alongside and maybe never talk to them and just begin to pray about that issue because we don't know what they're struggling with. We don't know what they're struggling with. Maybe we're in a restaurant and we see somebody and we just go up to them and just give them a, a, a word from the Lord or something. Just, just allow. Don't, don't keep saying, well, I don't know if that's God. 
Listen, the devil is never, ever, 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 I think ever, ever going to tell you to go up and tell somebody God loves him. Why do you fight with that one? Well, that might be me. Who cares? They need to know it anyways. <laughs> right? Who cares? I, I feel God wants me to buy your meal today and bless you and your family. Oh, that's the devil. Get behind me, Satan. But why do you see what I'm saying? Why do we argue about these things? Why do we argue about these things with the Holy Spirit of God? The problem is, is we argue so much, we don't listen, we keep tuning Him out. We've got to stop that and say, I need to hear you, Lord. I need to hear you. Because being Pentecostal is kind of radical. You got to be a little crazy and loud and different and just say, you know what? It's more important that I make my God happy than you. And that I bring glory to him and make you happy with me. If you like me, that's great. I hope you like me. But I don't preach so that you like my sermons. I preach what I feel God has given me to preach. And I pray you receive them. And if it's not for you, then it waters something that's there. Being Pentecostal says, I want more. I'm not comfortable with staying here any longer. We have a song that we sing like that. I can't stay here. I can't stay here. Asleep to how you're moving. I can't stay here. Complacent anymore. You see what I'm saying? We can't be that way, guys. The hour is drawing near. And a world is dying and they need the sons and daughters of God to get out there and do what God has called us. He saved us to be a witness. He filled us with the power of his Holy Spirit to be a witness. If he saved you only to get to heaven, I've done told you this before, then he should have allowed you to die right after that so you could go. You're just filling up space. But he didn't. Then we have a job here, and that's the commission. Go ye therefore. Get up and go and stop hiding out saying it's for somebody. It's for Dave. Dave, it's your job to do that. No, it's all of our job. Dave has an area of influence that he has people around him that he can influence. I may never come in contact with them. They're his responsibility. But as a believer, I can encourage him to go and do it and pray for him that he can. Same thing with Cook, right? It's, it's the same thing with all of us. Guys, let's become radical. Be glad I didn't use the title of somebody of their message. John's preaching on being revolutionaries today. I think that's what Pentecostals are. That's what I told you. And when you read his notes, the same thing. It's like, man, it's just being full of the Holy Ghost and allowing God to do things. What is stopping you? That's, that's the question. Is it because you don't know if it's for today, if you're going to look crazy? If it, Get over it. Get over it. If it's in the Word, man, say, I want it, God. I want it. Why does the Word say pray for the best gifts if we're not even supposed to use the gifts anymore? Why is it to pray for prophecy? To be able to prophesy. We're not supposed to prophesy anymore. Well, that's the prophets. That's not what it says. Allow the gifts to flow through you. Allow the gifts to flow through you. Y'all put something on. And, and if you know what, if you want prayer up here this morning, I'm going to get my, my mask on. I'll get my hand sanitizer up there, and I'm going to pray for you. And you know what? If you're not baptizing the Holy Ghost and you want to be, come listen. We can pray for that. We can do that. If that's you, I just want you to come up here this morning. Again, we'll just keep some distance between people, and we're going to pray for you. 
But you know what? We need to be world changers. We need to turn this world upside down. If you've never read that book by Tommy Tenney, God Chasers, it'll mess you up. Go get it. Go get it. Where he tells a story about sitting in the back of the room that he's preaching at over in Houston. And he said, God's going to do something tonight, and I want to sit in the back so I can see the whole place. I don't want to miss it. And lightning comes through the roof of the church and splits the, splits the podium completely in half with the pastor standing behind it. They bring the pastor to his office. Tommy's up there. There's things going on. People want to be water baptized. He's like, well, I, I can't without. He sends people to the office. Nobody comes back. Sends people to the office. Nobody comes back. Finally, he sends this one guy, and he comes back. He says, well, I can go in there, but if I do, uh, I'm not going to be coming back. He walks back there. Everybody that walked in the room is just out under the power of God. Lightning came through the building, and you know what a lot of us think? What are we going to have to do to fix that? Would it mess up the subwoofer? I could, can I tell you I could care less what he did to the building? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That is nowhere on my mind, even though I'm a construction guy. I want to know how things are built. No. I'm like, my God, man. God chasers will mess you up. Read it. Go get it. Amazon, whatever you got to do. And, and just read through that thing. Because God is looking for people that will chase after him. And he's left you every breadcrumb that you have to have. Every breadcrumb. Why? Because he wants you to find him. He wants you to find him. He wants to spend time with you. Why do you think he allowed his son to die? So he could get out of that temple and say, you know what? I want to dwell with man again. Like he used to walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the garden. It said he would walk with Adam in the cool of the day. God wants to be with us. That's why his spirit, that's why Joel is here. So if you want prayer this morning, I want you to quickly come up. And I'm going to pray for you. And listen, if you're here and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, or maybe you have and you say, you know, Pastor, I'm not following him. Maybe in name only. I want, I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. So come on. Just come up here real quick. I'm going to move my iPad out of the way. Don't wait till the end of the song or until I decide that we're going to leave and then run up here. Father, I pray right now, Lord, I just release... The hand of the enemy that is holding back so tight, I break it off right now in the name of Jesus. I command it to be broken off right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, if you're not going to come up here, then reach your hands up and pray and say, God, give them more than enough, God. Overflow. Overflow. Overflow in this place. Jesus. It's not a fire. It's not just a flame.
Jesus. stand up let's pray to you come on if you're not up here that says you're good and i'm gonna get you to help me to pray for them this morning if you know how to pray in the spirit i just want you to reach your hand up and begin to pray father overflow right now overflow in their lives overflow right now god overflow in the name of jesus let the river flow. Let the river flow right now, Jesus. Oh, let it flow. Let it flow right now. Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Let it flow. Let it flow, let it flow. See, what you don't know is, is that, that somebody up here may be getting victory right now because you're helping to pray them through. See, Christianity is not a spectator sport. We all work. We all fight together. Pour it out, Lord. Pour it out, Lord. Jesus, pour out your spirit. I need more. I need more. I need more. I need more. Just tell him, I want more, God. I want it to hurt because your presence is coming in so much. Transform me. Transform me. Listen, if you're here today, I'm going to ask this one more time. And you're not serving Jesus. I want you to quickly come up because I want to pray with you this morning. I want to pray with you. Be bold. Be radical. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, did you else? 
clean them out right now. Right now, Holy Spirit, freedom in Jesus' name, freedom in Jesus' name, I release freedom in Jesus' name. Father, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit ministering to us today. Your words of truth, God. Father, I pour out just right now, Lord. You said that we could leave our peace when we go into a place. Lord, I release your peace right now to every person that is here that is following after you. Lord, I pray and I ask for a divine hunger to be released inside of every one of us. A hunger that says, I need more of Jesus. Hunger. hunger a hunger in Jesus name thank you Jesus just tell him thank you today just tell him thank you say I receive that hunger in Jesus name Receive that hunger in Jesus' name. Mm. Lord, I bless your people to be strong with health and vigor. A hedge of protection around them as we go out into the world and with their sickness and, and all the crazy things going on, that you will protect them, that you will give them rest in their homes and protection while they drive and they go to work and they do those things. Thank you for watching over us, Father. And I bless your holy name. And I ask this all in Jesus' name. If you agree with that this morning, say amen. Amen, amen. Come on, guys, let's be radical. We got to be radical. So, hallelujah. Hey, just so you know, uh, Sister Minnie was over ministering at another church today. And she just texted me that, that, that everything was led by the Holy Ghost. So, so y'all make sure to ask her when you see her. Ask her for the stories. Amen. So, listen, we love you. Hey, be here Wednesday. We'll have service on Wednesday. Uh, we have the offering trays outside. You can, you can leave the offering there. If you're a visitor with us, please fill out one of the cards. And uh, you can put it in the offering tray as well. Hey, I love you. Listen, go out and change the world, guys. Go change the world. Be like Dave. Change the world. He's a world changer. <laughs>